I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 170. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I love this week's song, Grace Alone, as sung by King's Kaleidoscope. We sing it in church, and not only does it reflect scripture in the lyrics, but solid theology throughout. It is a rich song full of wonderful truths that is really worth adding to your playlist. And we could actually spend several episodes unpacking the entire song, but I'll stick with one letter from Paul to the Ephesians and try to limit my points for today in that area. You, however, can use it as a springboard to dig in for yourself. I cannot wait to hear what you discover. But before we get into it, let's listen. And in love before you laid the world's foundation You predestined to adopt me as your own You have raised me so high above my station I'm a child of God by grace and grace Now, if you think these words in the chorus that we just listened to sound familiar, it's because they are. Ephesians chapter 1 says this. In verse 3, it starts, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. There are a thousand different directions I could take here, but let's stick with our lyrics for a little bit here and use them as our outline to tie it back to scripture. Now, our lyrics say, and in love before you laid the world's foundation, you predestined to adopt me as your own. And I want to hone in on these points. First, all that we are about to talk about is done for us in love because God loves us. And before you laid the world's foundation, you know, this was not an, oh, I think we'll try this moment for God. You know, what he's done for us was decided from before the beginning. And then finally, you predestined to adopt me as your own. He's adopted us into his family. We're chosen. It was not an accident. We are loved. 
And our song says, in love before you laid the world's foundation. So our scripture that we just read says, in love, he predestined us for adoption. So I don't want to skip over this part because I don't want you to miss the in love part. There are so many other places in scripture that support this. You know, there's that familiar one. Why did God send his son? Oh, yeah, because he so loved the world. In love, he predestined us. And I know that in theology, predestination is a topic that can get confusing, sometimes hotly contested. But without getting into the weeds too much here, what does it mean? Well, a simple definition of predestination is that it was resolved beforehand. So God in love, again, please don't skip over that part, the love part, God in love resolved beforehand that he was going to adopt us as his own. He was going to choose us. He decided beforehand. He resolved in his heart that no matter the cost, because of his great love for us, that he not only would save us, but he would make us a part of his family. Now, why does all of this matter? Well, first of all, there are some difficult things that you will read in Scripture. Because although God is a loving God, he's a just God, but he is a loving God. And in fact, God is love. He can't separate himself from this characteristic. It's, it's his very nature. You know, last week we talked about our nature. <laughs> scripture says we are by nature children of wrath. Our nature is sin. God's nature is love. So never forget that about God. We, we are a member of his family because he loves us. You see, he didn't resolve beforehand to adopt us into his family because it made sense, uh, because he felt sorry for us, because he flipped a coin. It was in love that he predestined us. Now back to our lyrics. And in love before you laid the world's foundation, you predestined to adopt me as your own. So we have the love part down, but when, (laughs) when did this decision to adopt us occur? Well, our scripture focus says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. I've already kind of alluded to this, but God did not kind of go back to the drawing board and determine that adopting us into his family was the best way to go at this juncture. He resolved beforehand. But not just beforehand, but like way beforehand. God is eternal. So when scripture says in the beginning, I'm sure the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit kind of give each other that knowing glance with a little smirk because in the beginning was our beginning, but not their beginning. They always were and always will be. But sometime before the beginning, sometimes, sometime before the foundation of the world, God in love resolved to adopt us. That's really mind-blowing to me. You know, I've heard of beginning with the end in mind, but but that's just really mind-blowing. This means that I am not accidentally a part of God's family. I'm chosen. And that should mean something to us. You, you know, we all know what it feels like to be rejected, but we weren't. We were chosen, not as the last person on the team either. You know, not like, oh, well, okay, Michelle, she's the only one left. But from before the beginning, our loving father resolved to choose us. So back to our lyrics. And in love you before, in love before you laid the world's foundation, you predestined to adopt me as your own. Now, Ephesians says it 
this way, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. We are adopted. Now, adoption is an act of God whereby he makes us members of his family. And John, at the beginning of his gospel, puts it this way, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. So let's consider the other side of this for a moment here. Those who do not believe in Christ are not children of God or adopted into his family. Now, he has made a way, but we must believe. You may hear it said we're all God's children, but this is not so. I mean, we are all his creation, but we are not all adopted. So if you want to join God's family, answer his call to receive him and believe in the name of Christ. So we're adopted. Yay. That makes us uh, God. That makes God the father, our father. But it also makes us members of the same family. So now we are related to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And maybe you've heard that phrase and maybe you've even used it and never really thought about why it's true. But it is. If we belong to Christ, then we belong to each other. So we've explored the love of God. We've explored the timing of his resolving beforehand to adopt us, uh, choosing us to be part of his forever family. But I want to draw your attention to something here. The song says it so eloquently. It says, you have raised me up so high above my station. I'm a child of God by grace and grace alone. You've raised me up so high above my station. Yes, And amen, because we are children by nature, children of wrath. By faith, we are now considered children of the king. This is like the street urchin being settled into the nicest room in the palace. You know, we have definitely been raised high above our station. But this is the part that we must never forget. We are children of God by grace and grace alone. It says as we move into Ephesians chapter 2, You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's where we talked about being by nature. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable, immeasurable, easy for me to say, immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love verse four. And again, this is Ephesians chapter two, uh, just a few verses down from where we've been, where we started the, the podcast. I love verse four because it starts out by saying, but God. So remember our station, street urchins, just 
not just dirty with sin, but actually the walking dead, right? It says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We weren't followers of Christ. We were followers of Satan. Paul is eloquent here. He calls the enemy of our souls the prince of the power of the air. But when you're not a follower of Christ, you're a follower of the enemy of Christ, and that is Satan. So here's what it says. We are by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, but God. <laughs> I'm not sure what circumstances you're in right now. And, and some of you are facing dire circumstances, crazy lives, desperate relationships. Can I just say, but God. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And here's where scripture supports our lyric of being raised so high above my station. It says, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. If I'm reading this right, we were the walking dead and just filthy street urchins, but God the God that is rich in mercy and love. We were the walking dead, but God raised us up so high above our station, like heavenly places with Christ high. Why? Because of his great love with which he loved us and so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say, this is our memory verse, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. You see, we were saved from God's wrath, the wrath that our nature deserved, not because of anything that we could do on our own. We could not earn this salvation. It was by grace and grace alone. And salvation through faith alone means that we receive salvation through trusting in what Jesus did for us on the cross. And our saving faith is not merely believing in God, but knowing and agreeing and trusting. You see, to be saved, you must know something about God. He is righteous and holy and just and loving. You must also know that you have sinned against God and stand guilty and condemned before him. You must know that Jesus is the eternal son of God who took on human flesh, born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross as a substitute for sinners, paying on their behalf the penalty that God demands. But God raised him from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He will return bodily to judge the living and the dead, but also to save all that have trusted in him. These are basic facts revealed in scripture that you must know to be saved. But not only that, you must agree that all of these facts are true. And then you've got to trust in them, adding that personal commitment. Saving faith is personally trusting Jesus Christ, committing your eternal destiny to what he did for you on the cross. And all of that, the faith, the salvation, and the grace, all of it are a gift from God by grace and grace alone. If we could get this through our thick skulls, I think it would humble us and it would limit our self-righteousness as we relate to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. It might just mean that we stop striving so hard. Not that we would stop seeking and striving to know God more and deeper. That's not what I'm saying, but that we would stop striving to earn our salvation and instead walk in the good works that God prepared in advance for walk in because to walk in because we're, we're saved, not to earn our salvation. 
Dustin Kinsrew, he he's the one who wrote the lyrics of this song, actually added scriptural references to the end of almost every phrase of the song, and he listed it out on his blog. And I'm going to go ahead and post the link in the show notes, and you can find the show notes this week at michellekneesat.com forward slash 170. I don't want to forget to let you know what Bible interaction tool exercises I use this week. I call these exercises BITES, B-I-T-E, Bible interaction tool exercises. They're not rocket science. They don't take a seminary degree. They are practical habits that you can begin to incorporate into your personal study time. And some of you will use, uh, some of them you will use more often than others. And this week I used my favorite, Reading in Context. I recognize that um, many of the truths that are in the song are found in Ephesians. And so I just kind of sat in Ephesians. I read the entire book of Ephesians and then honed in on chapters one and two as I began to kind of formulate my thoughts. But kind of reading in context. Next, I used, in other words, but basically, reading in context is not pulling out scriptures here and there, but reading them in the context of the entire letter to the Ephesians, for example. Next, I did use some outside resources. I read up on the theology of adoption in Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. I gathered some thoughts from an article on salvation by grace alone found at Bible.org. And I meditated on the scripture through this fabulous song. And and you know me, I love it when it's word for word, God's word. So the music becomes an extremely powerful tool. So what's next? Well, I want you to read Ephesians for yourself. Consider your adoption into the family of God. You see, he didn't he could have saved us without adopting us, but but he chose to adopt us. Consider that. Consider that it was because of love and that it was decided before the beginning. And then thank God for the high station that he has raised us to through the sacrifice of his son. And ask yourself this question. How does being saved by grace and grace alone change the way I think and relate to others. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter at michellekneesat or Facebook, Michelle L. Kneesat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more, more importantly, we are partners in pointing them to God's word through music. So when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions that I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. Also, I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, Richard from somewhere in the U.S., Michael from Tennessee, Tamara from Texas, Susan from Ontario, Canada, Linda from New Jersey, Kathy from Ohio, and Misty from Louisiana. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send out once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You will get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to the extra resources that I create from time to time. All of that is just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com and subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of the podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes or Stitcher Radio if you have an Android device 
while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. I really appreciate it. Of course, it encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song In Awe by Holland. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 170. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.